welcome to Twig 201. We have uh, Laura. We have Ethan, the crypto wizard Levy, and uh, myself, Eric Kress. Uh, we have uh, a full program here, three stories of interest, uh, talking about the Grand Theft Auto 6 leaks, which I don't know, dude, that seemed to take over the internet for a while there. Um, I don't know. It seems to be much to do about nothing, but we'll get to that. We, uh, we'll talk about the Nintendo Direct um, and then talk about this terrible things that are going on at Rocksteady, which these announcements seem to happen far too frequently in our space. Um, but otherwise, uh, how's everybody doing? What's going on? What's new in the life of Ethan Levy and Laura? Uh, I'm having a fun day today. I'm making mood boards mostly of David Bowie and David Bowie related art for today. Work? So that's always a good day in my book. Yeah, for work. I want I want my branding to be entirely inspired by Bowie. So you know, I'm just I'm just gonna tell the designers to watch on repeat a video of him performing the song Fame on the Share Show from 1975 on repeat until they're inspired. Oh my God, my that plan. I have no response to. Um, how are you doing, Laura? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm I'm sitting in a very empty flat in Seattle at the moment. I have nothing except a mattress on the floor, which I had to sleep on last night. So it was a it was an interesting first night in in Seattle. But I'm only here for five days. Go back to London. I'll be having a, so, a rather large going away party and then then moving over permanently. So so em- Empty apartments generally mean you're either a uh, serial killer or a terrorist. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm getting strong uh, uh, Patrick Bateman in American Psycho <laughs> vibes from uh, this. We won't publish the video. <laughs> but, <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Google for Games. It takes more than a collection of tools to help you bring your gaming vision to life. With cross-platform solutions that give you access to billions of potential players around the world, Google is your partner to create great games, connect with players, and scale your business. Visit g.co slash Google for games, or go to the link in the podcast description below. And if you ask me, Google for Games is the destination to learn more about game solutions and latest research and insights from Google's gaming teams to help you achieve your goals. If you're not driving or working out while listening to this podcast, I really suggest you fire up that browser and check out Google for Games. Let's pause this podcast for a moment because I need to talk to you. That's right, you. Are you ready? Good. So, you're an indie game developer, and you need funding to help you launch and market your game. No problem, right? There should be one place where you can get funding and resources, but there really hasn't been one. Until now. Our friends at Exola have launched Exola Funding Club, which you should check out ASAP. Exola Funding Club is matchmaking service for developers, investment firms, and groups, as well as video game publishers. They have a simple process. Developers apply to join the funding club. Once they're accepted, their applications are sent directly to interested investors looking to invest into video games. Games just like yours. It's a win-win situation. 
qualified developers get their game pitches placed in front of funding sources, while investors discover curated games that meet their criteria for the investment portfolio. Ready to get started? Just head over to exola.pro slash funding, or find the link in the episode description and apply today. Exola Funding Club, putting the fun back in funding. All right. Um, so, quick updates. Um, I uh, I was out at uh, the Bitcraft conference in New York, so I got a little bit of feedback from the <laughs> podcast here and there. The uh, first one is the Ubisoft stuff. Um, not not a correction, really, but just a clarification. I found out that they evidently got a gajillion dollars for these two deals. So this basically, like, it was like I, I, we're talking like in two hundred to three hundred million dollars. Uh, for these uh, deals between Tencent, Netflix, and, and Ubisoft. So basically saved them from a disaster of a year. But at the end of the day, they're still kicking the can down the road. So it doesn't really help them. And I guess when your back is against the wall, I guess you start selling kidneys, right? And so, um, but, yeah, but- Once they become the- We underdog. all know there's one solution. <laughs> the, the, the only solution for, for Ubisoft is uh, uh, Beyond oh, Good Jesus. and Evil 2. That'll save any financial year it's released it in. Come on. Anyway, but I do just want to reiterate one fact that the deal with Tencent is really smart, right? Getting deals for their licenses for mobile, very smart. Hopefully, that means that they spend less time internally on mobile, get rid of some headcount, and uh, and hopefully they don't start building teams, like these huge teams to support Tencent because that would defeat the whole freaking purpose. Um, so... Anyway, that's all for Ubisoft. Uh, Bitcraft. Oh, conference. Absolutely amazing. Uh, these guys kind of really know how to throw a conference. Uh, it was a beautiful place in in, in, in Chelsea and um, you know, really, really great speakers, like from not only from the portfolio companies, from business side, um, really thanks to Jens, uh, Scott, Jasper, Nicholas, and all the rest of the team for inviting me out there. Um, and not to shill Bitcraft, but uh, moving on. The three, the three big things that were takeaways for me and that was actually really, really interesting for me is first was David Rubenstein. For some reason, I'm some Philistine that never heard of this guy, right? He, he, he ran the Carlisle group for a long time. But more importantly, he does um, interviews on Bloomberg and he get, he's been interviewing some amazing people on Bloomberg and, and his, his style was amazing. And, uh, um, and just very, very impressive guy. And so now I'm a huge fan of uh, Mr. Rubenstein. Um, the other thing was the BCI shit. Holy crap. Uh, basically brain computer interface. And I haven't been following this stuff at all. I guess I've been too caught up in gaming, but, um, but it is gaming related to some degree because it's basically the invention of the fucking, you know, the matrix, you know, it's like uh, these, t- these companies are, are building interfaces that look like, headsets from VR that have all kinds of sensors that can track your brain movement. And so they're helping support ALS patients and others that um, debilitated patients to uh, communicate and, and move things with their minds. You know, I mean, it's really nuts. Right. And they, and these are like these guys are like 15 to 20 years from now. It's going to be, again, plugging into the matrix. And, uh, and, and if- you, you know, I, I watched this great documentary called the Terminator, <laughs> and I don't think brain computer interfaces end well for the meat sacks. Anyway, he uh, it was it was impressive. I mean, I, it, just the fact that people like these guys are working so 
diligently on, on, on building this kind of technology, I think is fascinating. And maybe, I, as I've said in the podcast, maybe by the time I'm like 75, my last 10 years of my life will be plugged into the internet, plugged into the matrix. Um, and then finally, the, the last speaker was Matthew Ball. Um, he's becoming more and more of my hero. Uh, it's like, I, I don't agree with him 100%. And it's clear he's not a business person. He's more like an academic. Uh, I, I don't think he's ever actually even worked at video games, as far as I know. But uh, but uh, but what I love about him is having someone, uh, an intellect, uh, you know, an intellectual, I guess, that is spreading the message of the opportunity and the potential of the metaverse, right? And, you know, and now I have to actually get through his book, which is not going to be easy for me, but I'm going to do it. Um, his presentation was really sm- short, so it was really high level. And I guess the only criticism I have of this guy is that he did a lot of hand-waving about where we were going, right, to this, like, ultimate ubiquitous standard for the metaverse, similar to what we have for the internet. Um, But really not really articulating about actually how we get there from where we are right now. It's like he felt more like a futurist than like a real, like, you know, a business pragmatist, but whatever. Um, But maybe he holds out out that information for his clients. I don't know. Whatever. But it was good. I I have I have a hard time believing in that sort of metaverse hand wavy vision. Um, I don't think it's what human. I don't think humans actually want Ready Player One because there's like too much walking around and friction and inconvenience <laughs> in a all encompassing 3D world. Like Instagram is what people want. They want to scroll through photos of beautiful things, and so. I don't think we're going to be strapping in VR goggles and walking around from World of Warcraft to like starcraft to whatever uh i think you know i can picture us having ar goggles where we can just like look at photos of beautiful people dancing wherever we go but i I think that uh people who've been too inspired by ready player one are and snow crash are kind of missing important dynamics of how humans you basically think we're going to be the wally version where everyone is turning into like, as you said before, like amorphous meat sacks and chairs staring at things, except maybe it will have glasses on. Doesn't that, yeah, doesn't that more reflect the world you know and see around you? I I hope we go, I I agree, probably not Ready Player One. Uh, That would be my preference though, but probably somewhere in the middle. But just to jump on the Matthew Ball, he goes a little bit, so he has a very extensive blog and he does go into a little bit of the details of what's missing to create what he thinks is the metaverse. Um, If he didn't go into the talk, then he definitely digs into it uh, in in his blog for sure. Yeah, I, I, I actually more agree with Ethan, to be honest, but I, I just want to reiterate the point that I think having someone like him out there trying to articulate this and, and, and putting forth the vision of what it can become, I think is a very valuable asset in the, uh, in the space. And, and, and he's so genuine and, he, and he's clearly really, really smart. God, he gives me a Jordan Peterson vibe, which I don't think he would like, but I, I, he's just like, he's like really out, out in the... He's out there, you know. Um, Maybe we should both read. We should all read the book and and have a little book club. We should totally do that. I think that might bring out my most. I got eighteen hours of flights ahead of me. Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, Oh man, you should play Pikmin three on the Switch. I think. (laughs) God. All right. Back to reality. Uh, um, so <laughs> Call of Duty was revealed. Um, 
I was going to go into this a little bit deeper, but I don't think it's that, that all that interesting. But the game looks great. Game is going back to like the Modern Warfare style game, which is makes sense because it's a Modern Warfare game. But uh, the big thing that people have to understand about this Call of Duty is uh, that last year's was so horrific that no matter what, it's going to be a blockbuster hit compared to last year. But also that they are finally have c consolidated the tech stack, right? So they had two engines, three different engines for Call of Duty between the three teams. And I think this is the first time in which the engine for Warzone, as well as the engine for the game itself, is going to be the same. So it should be a much smoother operation, so to speak. Um, and then also they kind of showcased it Warzone Mobile. Um, we, we didn't see much of it. The graphics look kind of horrendous, um, according to people that I talked to. Um, but they're trying to do cross compatibility with console and PC, which should be really interesting. But again, it looks really early for the Warzone Mobile, but I'm trying to track and see how that can do since I seem to be underestimating shooters these days. So I want to make sure I'm not underestimating Warzone. Um, I don't know. I just, I just want to say I've got uh, friends working on Warzone Mobile, and I'm rooting for them, and I hope it turns out great, plays great, looks great. I mean, I think it has a lot better chance than uh, Battlefield Mobile. How about that? Um, all right, what else have we got? Laura. We got, we got Nintendo. Super pumped for this. So Nintendo Direct, which is their, their little update, their update video is on September 13th. And they've announced some exciting titles. I'm not doing it in order because they put the best game, in my opinion, last. So I'm doing that one first. They've announced Breath of the Wild 2. Finally! It's called Tears of the Kingdom. And it's going to be coming out in May next year. They, this, you know, they commented on every other game. This actually had no commentary. And all they did was show the trailer at the very end. So they were definitely going for dramatic effect. Uh, Fire Emblem Engage is coming out in January of next year. Adam Telfer is a huge fan of the series. If I remember correctly, he recommended it to me. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Expansion Pass is coming out in October. Also a really great, um, great series. Story of Seasons of Wonderful Life. This looks like a mix of Stardew Valley and Animal Crossing. Uh, is coming out summer next year. Octopath Traveler 2 is coming out. I didn't, I didn't catch when, but they did go way into their revealing a whole bunch of new characters. Uh, they gave a shout out to the Pikmin Bloom game, which is Net Niantic's kind of step tracker uh, collaboration with Pikmin, with the Pikmin IP. Um, I had a quick peek. It's not a huge game. It's earning about 6 million a year, according to Sensor Tower, on 6 million total estimated downloads. Not, not huge, I've played it, um, but it's cute. Uh, but Pikmin 4 is coming out early next year. No trailer, no game footage yet. Bayonetta 3 is coming in out uh, next month. And then personal favorite series, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunions coming out December this year, right in time for the holidays. And a new Kirby, Kirby's Return to Dreamland, is coming out February next year. So personally, I'm most excited about Breath of the Wild 2, Kirby and Pikmin. I think they're great games. If anyone hasn't played the new Kirby that came out earlier this year called Forgotten Lands for Switch, super fun. Pikmin 3 Deluxe, also great. Least excited about Octopath Traveler, and I feel like I'm a minority in this. And I, I gotta be honest, I'm surprised that game even got greenlit. I, I, I love RPGs. I can, I, you know, I sunk 110 hours into the uh, Dragon Age remake for Switch, <laughs> and I, I just, I think they're great. Um, really depends on the story, and I, I don't understand how this game got a Metacritic score of 83. Like. 
I want to, there was a review that said like, I really want to love this game, but it's like, it's messy. The story presentation isn't great. And honestly, it's like, the best part is how is character development in most stories and how those characters interact and go through you know, trials and tribulations. And this like Octopath Trap just doesn't have it. It's these siloed stories that don't interact with each other. So I don't, I don't know, like not excited about that game. I'll probably play it just to, just to have an opinion on it. Uh, you, you'll probably sink <laughs> 40 or 50, 40 or Only 50 hours much. into it. Did you say 110 hours yeah. into Dragon Quest? 110. On the Switch? Oh my god. I, I couldn't get... I, I gave that one six or seven, and it wasn't... I love the art, but the combat system was too um, I, I got into me. it. I, it. I got really <laughs> really into it. I think I was... I mean, when I play these games, I play them almost to completion. So when I did um, the Xenoblade, uh, Xenoblade uh, Chronicles, the the uh, definitive edition, I finished every everything in that entire game except for two quests. Um and that was probably at least ninety hours, ninety to somewhere around the same. I fly a lot. What do you? What else do you do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a, that is dedication. I hear that Xenoblade is uh, is a challenge. I, I don't. Into. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the uh, the 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 only. Sorry, I don't want to poop on um, Nintendo, but the only the only real disappointment was the lack of kind of details and information around uh zelda right and obviously no hardware announcement right which some people expected with this next version of zelda that they would have a new hardware device um but overall like i think their lineup looks really really decent and i I would also say that there's other games that are coming out or rumored to come out next year which include either a um 3d mario game or mario kart that they didn't talk about so the good news for me is this is co- continuing to confirm the thesis, right? So if, if and, and, and bear with me here, if, <laughs> if, if Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out on this gen of Switch, we know it's definitely coming out on the next version of Switch, right? So that basically means that that version of Switch is going to likely be very directly compatible with this first version. So the whole thesis around Nintendo is that they're doing an iPhone model instead of redoing the whole thing like they did with the Wii and the Wii U and the Switch and that the Switch is going to be continued to be the device going forward. Now, the, the likely they'll have a different higher res view version of, of this game for the next version of the Switch. But at least we can pretty much guarantee that there'll be cross compatibility in some capacity, which is good yeah. um, for the long term of uh, long term viability of Nintendo in general, because if they started to do another whole new platform, that would not be good for the stock. All right. What else? I I got to say on, on this one, I, I love Bayonetta. It's one of my favorite series. Like the combat is probably the best 3D brawler there is. Uh, I would give it a tie with the Arkham and Spider-Man series, but I, I love the combat. I love the gameplay. I love the over-the-top Japanese weirdness of it all. So I'm super excited for Bayonetta to come out next month. I got to finish my Mass Effect uh, full playthrough in time to play that and uh also super excited for pikmin 4 i'm so glad it didn't die the series didn't die a death on the wii u because uh that was what i was worried about yeah. is, I, I, I think the is amazing game yeah the, the the future is bright for nintendo i i i i really am for the first time in my career pretty bullish on what where they're going um 
All right, I love that you're bullish got? on something. It's so it's so nice to hear you bullish on something. <laughs> you're so funny. <laughs> and then uh, um, last quick update. Um, Sims 4 is going free to play next month. So, but it's going free to play on PC console. Um, it is the, the specifics are the Sims 4 base game will be available to all new players to download for free on PC. And those that I think my understanding is those that have already bought it or have an EA Play or EA Play Pro membership will receive an upgraded experience um, when when there's gonna, there's going to be members only bumble bundles for The Sims 4. Um, there's going to be things you can buy, but the base experience is going to be free. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. It was there was a little bit of I couldn't figure out if there was like pre-orders or something. I don't know how they're going to handle that, but yeah, it'll be upcoming for everyone that wants to play soon. I'm uh I'm kind of surprised it took this long for the base Sims 4 to go free to play. Like if you if you think about the history of the Sim series, it's actually uh, uh business model wise one of the most innovative series. I mean Sims 4 has got to be over a decade old at this point. I have no idea how many expansions and stuff they've done, but Sims 4 is 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 a platform and if you think about their strategy I mean, the original Sims received seven expansions, Sims 2, tons of expansions. Like, this game was basically a subscription game before that was really uh, a thing. Um, and with an audience that wouldn't consider itself a hardcore gamer audience. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I, you know, Sims, Sims is a pretty I, amazing I could, talk, I could probably talk about The Sims for like 45 minutes, and I, but I didn't really prepare much on it um, for this purpose, but... They're almost a victim of their own success, right? The innovation that should have happened over The Sims over the last decade just hasn't happened because, dude, they mint money. Dude. It's like, you know, 200 to $300 million a year that they're building almost like pure profit, right? With a smaller team in Redwood City. Like, it's the only thing coming out of Redwood City that's been successful, honestly. Um, and so it's like, but, but in that meantime, they just have not leveraged all the things that are going on on software as a service with... A franchise that is just dying for it you know so this is like I, I i know a little bit too much about this but like i they have meetings constantly like every year they're having planning meetings about what to do with the sims and all these great ideas are thrown around but i just don't think ever anything ever done so evidently they have some amazing long-term plans for this franchise right and that it'll revolutionize the way people consume The Sims, but uh, we'll see if they actually execute against it. But um, anyway, I, The Sims is an amazing franchise. It still has that more, I think, that you know, female demographic that we don't see much in gaming. And I, I think there's huge opportunities uh, for the franchise going forward. Just need, they just need to execute against it. Have, have you all ever read stories about, like, uh, I've seen news stories of, of a whole subculture of people who put up Sims babies for adoption on Instagram. And then like you adopt a baby and you tell its whole life story on Instagram. It's the things that go on with imagination play and storytelling in the world of Sims. Yeah. It's just have, nuts. have you seen like in a very, like so groundbreaking TikTok, cool. uh, people that are trying to, they create like green people and then they see how long it takes for them to breed out the green. Have you seen that? <laughs> i have not i uh uh i'm gonna have to take a break from my mood board all i know is that my 
Maybe that will be my next mood board. All I know is that my very smart daughter spends hours watching morons talking about The Sims. <laughs> I, I just, I just, it just, it blows my mind that she could sit there. She's got to, she's got to follow in her this, father's footsteps and, and get on the mic and create that nonsense, content. This girl all dressed up and speaking in high voices and talking about babies and relationships within The Sims universe. It's like, I mean, shoot me, dude, or drive an ice pick through my brain. Uh, one of the two. All right. Next thing. <laughs> Get your daughter on the mic and the Deconstructor of Fun audience will raid her uh, her her YouTube gaming channel and, and we'll all become fans. Uh, we'll all uh, learn about The Sims. I'll, I'll pass. All right. Next thing. So <laughs> it's funny. Th- this story came up and I and I and I watched it unfold and I'm like, what? the? Why is this such a big deal? Right. Like anyway. So evidently 90 clips uh from gta 6 were leaked um and uh, various clips there were unfinished assets all kinds of different parts elements of the game clearly in development mode um were 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 put out there the takedowns almost began immediately right as these guys just locked it down and got rid of the off, off the gta forums and the reddits and whatever else it was um but but they that basically legitimized the fact that this was a leak because there was you know, um, speculation that, that 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 it wasn't actually GTA Six footage. Um, then Rockstar basically confirmed that this was a hack, um, and that that again the hack would not affect development. Um, and then it was a cons- uh, discovered there was a group known as the Lapses, I think, was involved, and they also attacked Uber. And don't mess with Uber, right? Because now FBI is involved, so they're going to go after them. Um, and uh, I, I guess the big concern in the article and, 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 and just in general was that this uh, that it would give the wrong impression of the game, right? That it wasn't in a finished state. You know, Jason Schreier, who I agree with most of the time, but he said something along the lines like it may limit flexibility of working from home arrangements. It, seemed, it just all seemed a very like uh, panic, you know, type coverage. It doesn't seem like really all that logical. Um, but what is clear is that this is the biggest leak in terms of scale and scope to date in gaming that I can think of in terms of substance, right? So like there have been better leaks in terms of like more detail, but in terms of the amount of uh, the breadth, not the breadth, but the, uh, the high level of this type of leak or from a game from Rockstar, which never gets leaked, is is actually pretty significant, generally speaking. Um, but... But quickly, my my take is this, is that one of the smartest PR guys I've ever met, uh, Mr. Bryce Bear, which I don't know what he's doing now, but he worked with me at EA, is that any PR is good PR, right? So you're out there, these leaks of these wireframes and all this other nonsense are out there and people are going freaking nuts. I mean, it's absolutely clear <laughs> these people have are very waiting and bated breath for this particular game. Um, and, and that's good. Um, now, of course, they didn't control the marketing message, which sucks, right? They didn't go out with a big bang, you know, in terms of an amazing um, trailer. So they they lost their, uh, I guess, you know, shock value type thing. But I still think it's actually not not necessarily a bad thing. I do think if this was like a new IP, this could be a problem, right? Like if, if it's a smaller team and they're building some big project and you go out there and this is like the first impression you get it with like wireframes and blank faces and 
you know, blocks and stuff like that. I think that that could create some kind of problems. But this is fucking GTA, dude. Everyone knows what GTA is. It's like it doesn't you're not the fidelity is not going to be an issue, you know. Um, and then the other thing I think needs to be said is that these guys are going to fucking jail, right? If you guys any of you guys that cack this stuff, dude, get on a plane, go to some other country that doesn't have any type of issue with us because you're going to fucking jail, right? Like that, that you're an idiot. You're an idiot. You don't mess with Rockstar, right? These are not, these are not, these are vindictive people and Uber. You're, I mean, forget about it. You're done. Um, <laughs> you're going to be found and you're going to be prosecuted and you're going to go to jail. So there you go. Uh, what do you guys think? Anybody? Yeah, I, I would say, I mean, I don't think this is going to hurt the game at all. It's going to sell a uh, hundred million copies or whatever. You know, it's going to be the most successful video game of all time and it'll last the next four <laughs> console <laughs> generations. Um, but um, I would, you know, there was, if I was on the team, I'd be demoralized by a lot of the negative comments and sentiment on, on Reddit and etc. Oh, a baby is trying to get in the room. <laughs> Banging down the door. Um, I've been impressed. Yeah, I, I've been impressed and kind of delighted by the press coverage that's been pushing back. Yeah, I... I uh, what do you think? Any, any comments, Laura? So was this a, a hack or a leak or a combination? I think it was... They hacked into an internal system and pulled the footage from the system. So it wasn't, I don't think it was an employee. It was basically this this team somehow got into the, uh, now how they got into the system is the question, right? Maybe it is uh, employee related. I, I, f I feel like I read somebody got onto, like someone got access on Slack and just yeah. downloaded a yeah. bunch of videos that were on the Slack. Um, yeah, what I was trying to say was I've been delighted by the press coverage that's been pushing back on the negativity and saying like, this is what games look like. It's totally normal for a game to look like this. And, and we've seen other devs yeah. come out and like someone from the horizon team posted early footage of like, this is what the dinosaur boss fight looked like. And, and you're fighting, you know, a, a bunch of boxes that look like colored yeah, yeah. Lego Duplos. So yeah, um, that was pretty remarkable. Anybody that was throwing out their shade on, on, on the graphics or the fidelity, People were like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. You've obviously never worked in a video game. I mean, they were just like livid about it. And they just they would not let that shit fly, um, which is, is, is good to see, actually. I mean, I just think, okay, it, I, it's silly. I feel like the people that do that are silly. Like, what's, what, is, what is the point? I mean, one, a lot of it still could, could change. In most game development, I mean, especially, I haven't worked in console, but I know stuff gets cut. And so I just don't... It's like they're they're they can't bother to wait for the finished product, which someone's trying to tailor to them to make a great experience for them. So then they try to sneak around and get a quick peek and then share it of something that may not actually be reflective of what is happening. I don't know. I think it's dumb. I think it's dumb. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think uh, I don't think this has really any impact whatsoever in terms of interest in the game. I will say though that they will have to likely retool like internal like security protocols and like there'll be an audit and that could you know cause some headache for some people but um but i i just don't see it having any real impact and even the morale of the team i think that it's just more of an annoyance than like how upset they are because some like fanboy is bashing them about you know early graphics stuff but i don't know 
whatever. Uh, the stock has gotten hurt, right, because of this news. And so that's why it matters to me. And so like, it's almost down 10%. Now the market's getting creamed right now too, but 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 the, but the Wall Street does not like it. So, um, you know, I, I don't know if anybody knows, I guess maybe not, but what happens when these type of events happen with the, with companies is that they, it's like all hands on deck to, to respond. And so like, you know, the HR, PR, IR, investor relations and CEO and CFO are all on, on the on the on the phone right now talking to investors to make sure that, oh, don't worry, everything is fine. And so like, <laughs> so I had a call this morning at like seven in the morning with one of my clients who evidently owns a lot of take two It's like, what the hell, right? Why, why is this being so people are so sour on this? And I'm like, I don't know. It's not a big deal. Like, it's not going to impact sales, you know? And so, um, so anyway, that that's what they have to deal with, and it's 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 not fun, right? And so there are other ramifications besides the team's morale that 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 they have to be concerned about, and so they're 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 doing damage control as we speak. Um, All right, um, I apologize in advance for any baby noise or banging that happens while I try and cover my story. Um, I wanted to cover a piece from GamesIndustry.biz. Uh, the title is X Rocksteady Dev says studio offered money after harassment complaint, but no apology. Um, this one is kind of a hard story for me because, as I said earlier, as a player, I love uh, the games that Rocksteady has made. I love the the Arkham games, and they're one of my favorite studios. It's one of my favorite series of the past decade. Um, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League is a game I'm hugely looking forward to. Um, so a quote from the article is former Rocksteady scriptwriter Kim McCaskill says the studio offered to pay her to resolve complaints stemming from her time with the studio, but refused to apologize for any wrongdoing. So here's kind of the timeline. In 2018, 10 of the 16 women who worked at uh, Rocksteady co-signed an internal letter about misogynistic behavior at the company. Um, from the author's recent Twitter post, uh, this was a, a letter about that said that harassment and sexism at the company was out of control. In 2020, the letters made public and Kim McCaskill comes forward as the author. She claims that she lost her job in retaliation for writing the letter, and they took her name off the credits for Kill the Justice League. Um, in her recent Twitter post... She says they offered her lots of money, they offered her to put her name back in the credits and a bunch of other cool stuff, but they didn't offer her the one thing she wanted, which was an apology. And uh, this is popping up because she was nominated for a Lifetime Achievement from Women in Games, and she uh, pulled herself out of consideration because Rocksteady was a sponsor of the event. So first, I have to applaud Kim for living her values here. I mean, what a great example. Um, what she and the other uh, uh, people at Rockstar went through sounds pretty horrible. And I think for us who work in game development and who run teams, um, there are a lot of lessons here. Um, and even just anyone who's an employee, right? Not just in the games industry, but in any industry, right? In, in the workplace, people deserve to be treated with respect and empathy. And everybody should just be a good human. It, that's not very uh, insightful things to say out loud, right? It's not earth-shattering, but, um, you know, uh, on something that I've grown to understand over time is like a overgrown man-child who's grown up in, in 
the games industry, right, is that you have to save the behavior and jokes that are unprofessional for private texts with your high school and, and middle school friends, right? That's where they belong. Um, they don't belong in the workplace. Um, Kim, she wanted an apology and they offered her money and money can't solve all of a corporation's problems. So uh, I'm not going to pretend that I've never made a joke at work that didn't belong or that hurt someone's feelings. I know I have. Uh, people have told me I have. And, and those moments when someone tells me I stepped over a line, uh, when I was trying to be humorous or lighten the mood, uh, whatever, despite my intentions, um, those moments are opportunities to learn and, and grow and change as a person or, or as a team or as a corporation. And as an example, I would point to what Riot's doing with their diversity and inclusion efforts, right? They just released, I think, their third annual diversity and inclusion open and transparent report where they're, you know, one of the findings was like, we haven't hired as much as we should. Um, so this sort of initiative, in my opinion, it's not just that it's the right thing to do uh, and it makes your company better uh, and makes it a better place for your employees. It's also just dollars and cents of recruiting advantage, right? If you have a reputation for being a good place to work, you have a recruiting advantage and recruiting, hiring and retaining good people is if you just want to look at the economics of it, very expensive and hard, right? So it's good business to have a reputation for being a great place to work that's safe and inclusive where people feel respected. So, um, I don't know, just be a good human at work and, and save your raunchy texts for your anonymous Reddit account and your friends that you grew up with. And, uh, I have to say, I'm sorry to Kim and, and the women of Rocksteady. And, and I hope things have improved at that, uh, studio since 2018. And, um, yeah, that's, that's my piece. Just to be clear, you said, Rockstar at one point, so you meant Rocksteady, yeah. Oh, sorry, yes. This this is all Rocksteady, the uh, studio behind the Arkham series that's working on um, uh, Just Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, which, as I said, is one of my most anticipated games coming up. All right. Laura, any thoughts? I... I I just I agree. I think I think Ethan uh, sum, summed this up quite nicely. Um, and it it must have been so difficult for for Kim and what she went through. Um, it it is very hard to live your to live your values, and she absolutely did this here. And turning down the achievements from Women in Games must have been must have been quite difficult. Um, so I, actually, I think Ethan, I think he sums it up quite well. Thank you. All right. Well, on that note, I guess we will finish up. Hopefully we will see Mr. Um, Eric Seifert next week uh, for all his updates. Uh, he's been pretty prolific out there writing about what's going on in the UA space. Um, so I'm sure he's going to have some great updates on that stuff. Uh, otherwise, uh, everyone have a good weekend and uh, See you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the whole episode. If you like this podcast, please do leave a comment and share the episode. If you want to access the Deconstructor of Fun community with hundreds of senior games folk, go to our website and apply to the Slack group. And if you want to get notified of all the new content we have coming out every week, do subscribe to the weekly Deconstructor of Fun newsletter. Finally, do remember... 
We love you guys and we appreciate you guys. Catch you next time.